guys, this is Kay, and welcome to Kay's Corner. And we are here for our famous Talk About It Tuesday. So guys, as I've been telling you, we are in the month of July, and we are at our third week of talking from our topic of faith. And so, as I said, as I've been telling you, I am so excited for this one because we have a very 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 special guest um someone who is very close to me and who is a very influential part of my walk with Christ and in ministry and it is none other than my bishop Bishop Leroy McLean Sr. who you guys will hear later on in the podcast and so yeah, I just wanted to say that, introduce that, and get that out of the way. So, like I said, today today's topic is Ministry Matters, and um, I'm just going to be talking, me personally, about my walk with God and me entering into the ministry and how that really has shape my life and you know what what that means for me what that meant for me in the past what that means for me in the present what that means for me in the future and so yeah I'm just going to get started so um as I said I'm Kay um others know me as Kalia and yeah my walk with God has definitely been an interesting one, um, to say the least. I know a lot of times, you know, when people who, like, know me personally, they're like, oh, you know, Kalia, you've, you know, always, you've always been, you know, a, a quote-unquote goody two-shoes or, you know, whatever that really means. And so it's like, you know, whenever they think about me or, you know, get around me or whatever, they think and feel as if, you know, I could do, you know, no wrong or as if I've never done anything wrong or, you know, just think, I don't know, they just think I'm like some, you know, angel or something, but the thing is, like, as we all know, no one is perfect, and even if, you know, it seems like someone is doing their best or living their best or whatever have you, um, we all have our own struggles, we all have our things that we struggle with, we all have things that have really, you know, impacted our life and our soul that ultimately makes us react in the way that we do, um, you know, later on in life, and so as I told you guys, um, in the family podcast, um, family theme podcast about my family and about how, you know, my parents, they were married, but then they ended up separating and divorcing and how, uh, subconsciously that had an impact on my life and how, you know, that led me to feel, uh, anger and, and, uh, hatred and bitterness and wanting to be more closed off and, you know, just wanting to be to myself growing up and not wanting to be bothered 
And so, you know, I, I guess I'll start from there. So, about me um, and my walk with God. So, it's really, I love the how this is the topic of, and how this is being talked about personally because I believe in today's society we have really misconstrued the thought and idea of what like a Christian is or what like it means to have a relationship with God um, to say the least so for me I've grown up in the church I've been you know literally my mom was pregnant with me at you know the church cookout so how much closer could you get you know to being a church baby your whole life and so really you know literally I've been in church in the one same church my whole life um and I have no regrets and growing up though in in the church I went to you know to to services I went to the services um we would have youth church from time to time um different things Sunday well Sunday school they call it Sunday school we would have Sunday school from time to time um you know when I got older I would listen to the bishop and what he said my parent well yeah I guess you know my parents would sort of talk about God well more so my mom because I live with her um, I had my own Bible. I had at least two Bibles growing up when I was a child. One huge one that was African American based Bible where all the characters were like brown, but it was huge and I didn't want to carry it everywhere. So, um, my mom got me a smaller Bible, which was, I don't, it's like the precious children or something like that where everything kind of looks like the same it's kind of got like a lamb looking face uh the people there well the the characters have like a lamb looking face I think that's what it's called precious children or something like that and so um yeah those those characters weren't brown they you know were like whitish tan well what yeah like creamish peachish looking and um just to you know show you the dichotomy of the two but really in seeing that um it really got me into reading the I mean I don't know I can't even say reading the bible because I really didn't read the bible it's just like I just knew like I heard stories and I knew because I didn't read the bible I just kind of knew about stories like my mom I mean, I, yeah, I can't really explain it because I don't really remember her teaching me stories either. I think I just, like, heard what I heard and I retained the information. But whenever we had the game Blurt, which was um, Bible Blurt, we it was a Bible information where they asked questions and uh, you would blurt the answer out whichever team you were on. And um, everyone always wanted me on their team because I knew all the Bible uh, answers to the questions. And again, it wasn't because I, like, read the Bible. It's just because I, like, like, memorized it. And I went to Catholic school, too. So 
we, um, I remember one time we had this, I think, like, competition type thing in kindergarten where we memorized the uh, Ten Commandments, and if we did, we would get a prize or something. So memorization definitely was an easy tool for me when learning about the Bible and, you know, memorizing scripture and whatnot. So that was that. But as I said, I had a a good, a really good and solid foundation. But growing up, I got to maybe around the age of maybe 11 and 12 where I started to not doubt God but I just I don't know it wasn't the same it wasn't the same effort put towards foot well sorry put forth towards me um or put forth for me or from me um, really getting to know God, it was more so like I went because I knew it was the right thing to do and because I had to. And pretty much like that was what my whole walk was up until I came into the real, you know, realization and real knowledge of God and Christ and who he is to me and for me and, you know, to us and for us, I realized that, you know, it it really was something that you have to invest in. It's not just okay, this is this is what I'm doing because I had to do. That was my mindset before, like I'm doing this because I have to. Not because I want to, not because I necessarily need to, but because I have to. Because this is what I know is the right thing to do. I always wanted to do the right thing. Um, I always wanted to make other people happy for whatever reason that was. But as I got older, as I got around, um, what do you know, seventh grade, seventh grade and eighth grade, I started getting into things I shouldn't have. Um, and I was exposed, well, I guess I exposed myself to some things that I shouldn't have and it led me down you know a a downward spiral into different things where the door was open to um how can I say it immoral things um that I was watching and doing and reading and all these other things and you know when I was eight um, Mother Campbell, one of the mothers and um, evangelists of our church, she gave a prophetic word to me. I remember we were in some restaurant in Maryland after one of the conventions, and she spoke to me and she said, you know, you're going to be a minister. The Lord said that you're going to be a minister. And I just looked at her. And I, you know, kind of tried to avoid her eye contact because I was just like, ah, yeah, I think she's got the wrong one here. I was really confused. And um, she was, you know, just like, yeah, I'm talking to you. And she was like, you know, you can ignore me, but, you know, I'm, I'm talking to you. You're the one that I'm talking to. 
so I was just like wow and so um it really opened my eyes even then to it I don't know it just gave me something to think about because I completely like didn't have ministry on my radar at all normally you know in in the black church in the black community those who are in ministry it's because it's passed down because of you know family members other family members are in the ministry you know you're usually your you know mother or father are preachers and you know they call you the preacher's kid and you know other things like that but for me I didn't have you know any uh you know parental guidance on what a you know what a preacher was my parents weren't preachers um, you know, my mom's a deaconess, but that was about as close as ministry got to us and for us, um, for me. And so it really was interesting, as I said, to say the least, to hear these words, especially at the age of eight, I'm a kid. And I'm just like, well, yeah, you know, I, I highly doubt that, but okay, you know, cool, whatever you say, um, it's not going to happen, but you know, nice chatting with you. And then, so, you know, going back to when I was like, you know, 12 to about 15, 16, every time I would do something that I knew was morally wrong, I just had that thought and I was just like, what in the world? Like, how in the world am I supposed to be a minister, you know, when I'm doing this and, you know, indulging in this and thinking about this and feeling this way and you know, during those years too, the spirit of depression was really trying to latch on to me, along with fear, um, and worry and doubt, and again, you know, hatred, but really, I see it as those years, I see those years as the enemy really was trying to lure me away and pull me away from the church and was really trying to uh, discredit who God was creating me to be. And he was trying to uh, distort my vision of myself and again, who he was calling me to be because if he could get me to deny who God was calling me to be, it didn't matter what anyone else or it, it didn't matter what anyone else said. If I myself didn't believe in myself, then it didn't matter if anyone else believed in me because I'm the one who's got to make it happen. And I can see, you know, the lies that he's putting out even today with, you know, other young people. If I can get you to distort the way that you think about yourself then you know it, it's it's easy it's easy from there so um that that was a, a real eye-opener in 2013 um around may 2013 the enemy really wanted me to take my life and um you know, I, I really was contemplating contemplating it. But the Lord came to me and spoke to me and told me that he, you know, he had 
everything under control and that he had a plan for me and that he had a future for me. I believe that, you know, I was put on the earth for no reason. I believe that, you know, I believe I didn't have a purpose here on earth. So if I didn't have a purpose here on earth, then what was the point of me being on earth was my logic. And so pretty much what I've learned throughout the years, what I've learned um, in my walk, what I learned at that moment was that God cared for me and loved me more than I could ever know or imagine. And so if God could love me even with me contemplating taking my life even with all the things that I had done even with all the things that I had thought even with me being so mad and angry and upset with him and not wanting to talk to him and not wanting to commune with him and he still loved me and still had love for me to tell me about the future that he had planned for me then he definitely had to be real like Again, it wasn't necessarily that I was doubting if God was real, but it was just like, God, like, if you're real, like, God, if you're there, like, I don't hear you, I don't see you, I don't really, you know, get what everyone is talking about, but, you know, if if you are real, like, you know, I really could use your help right now, like, because, you know, life life as we can even see it now I mean it's way more amped up now but life is it definitely has different turns and you know events and changes that we don't have control of at all and so it's like okay well what do I do now um you know what do I do now and sometimes it leaves us thinking, well, you know, there must not be a God if he put me in this type of situation. You know, people thinking there must not be a God if this coronavirus is, you know, is really a thing. And so it really leads some people to think that he's not real. And so that was my eye-opening moment in 2013. Um, in 2013, in July, I got a prophetic word from my bishop, um, who you'll hear later on in the podcast, that the Lord was letting him know, the Lord was telling him to tell me that my life is not my own. And so I was just like, well, what in the world does that mean? If my life isn't my own, then who, you know? whose life is it then and so you know it it took me about a year to really truly figure out what that meant but ultimately I what I learned was that God was saying it's not you know if if how can I say it the key to my happiness the key to my happiness is serving the Lord because there's nothing on this earth that can make me happy not one ounce of it but God's love is what kept me when God told me that his future for me was better than my present at that time that was the only reason why 
I am still alive today is because he told me that he had a purpose and a plan for me. I'm not living for myself. I'm not living just for the sake of living. I'm living because he has assignments for me to do. He has an assignment for me, for my life. And he has a plan for me, his plan. My life is not my own. Once I surrendered it to him back in 2013, he took over my life, so to speak. Not in a manipulative way or in a vindictive way, but I said, okay, God, whatever it is you want, that's what I'll do. Because you know better than I do. And so I'll trust you. And so 2014, um, Early 2014, I believe, the first seven weeks, maybe, um, our bishop called a fast, well, more of a challenge, a challenge for the young people, and um, seven weeks of being dedicated to the Lord fully. And so some of us, well, yeah, some of us took it seriously, most of us did not. Um, I took it very seriously, and I said, okay, this is something I want to do. And so I believe each week I would increase on what, on, you know, something I would want to commit to more with the Lord. So if it was music, I took away, you know, worldly music. If it was uh, being mean to people, you know, I worked on my attitude adjustment during that time um whatever it was I took it and I took that time seriously with the Lord I prayed more I was in my word more I did um you know some studies and I really took that side that time seriously and so during that time um God really well, I can, I can say it now. I couldn't say that then, but God really revealed to me, you know, how serious and real I wanted to be with God, how dedicated and committed I wanted to be with God, not just because I was a Christian, but because I love him, because he loves me, and because I want, I want and wanted the real thing, not just, not just, you know, on a Sunday, but I wanted to make this relationship a lifestyle. I wanted to take it from basic, you know, to, to premium, so to speak. I wanted to get more benefits from him and um, really figuring out who this God is that has created us and has, you know, allowed us to be here and have dominion on this earth. So... It really was interesting for me. And um, that was 2014 where I really, you know, began my walk seriously. So that was pretty much the end of um, senior year. And um, October 2014, um, well, 2014, um, the end of June, my paternal grandmother passed away. And the sec in the week after my birthday, 
um, August 12, 2014, my maternal grandmother passed away. And so God was just speaking to me, you know, about life after death and what that means and how you obtain it and knowing how there's still life to be had after someone dies, after an idea dies, after all these other things. Um, so I'm going to, well, so, you know, they, they passed away. I just graduated high school. I'm about to start college. So, you know, I was just really, God was speaking to me about life after death because, you know, I'm entering into a new chapter with a whole bunch of unknowns. What is it that I'm to do? Where is it that I'm, that I'm to go? I have no idea. And so... Um, it really was a a time, I could say, where, you know, they say, you know, discover yourself, find yourself out. So I did that, but, you know, just in the Lord. And so I tried to have, you know, more Christian friends. I wanted more Christian friends. Um, that was the wrong prayer. The prayer definitely should have been, God, help make my friends more like you, because I got more Christian friends. And those Christian friends were a cult, and um, that was not fun. They tried to tell me that I was not saved because I was not baptized once again after doing, you know, my sibling duties. And, uh, yeah, I quickly got out of that, and um, I began to search the word more myself, began to pray more myself, began to study more myself. Um, I mean, with the Lord, of course, and he birthed in me the ministry of the comfort circle. So that began in October 2014. Um, We were doing that, and that was when I met my friend Christian in January 2015. And, you know, pretty much from there, everything else was just sailing. Um, I... Also met my friend Ashley, I believe September 2014, um, and my friend Harrison. We were already friends from high school, and so the four of us were doing the Comfort Circle. Um, then we spanned it to online of doing the Comfort Circle. I believe it was on Periscope first. It was on Ustream, then Periscope, then uh, Facebook. Finally, thank the Lord, got on board. And uh, that was a season of trying to, you know, record things live. And now everything is live. God is so faithful. And so um, really seeing that. And ministry-wise for um, becoming clergy, I remember a time in 2016, um, well, yeah, I don't remember how it was, but either way, in the beginning of the year, we would fast the first few days of the year. Well, fast the first few days of the month, which, you know, January was the first month of the year. So we fasted the first few days of the month of January for the year. And God spoke to me. Um, I remember I was at my job party at Sky Zone. It was a um, Christmas slash New Year's party. And um, we were there, and God spoke to me. He said, I want you to fast every day of the year. And I said, Lord, I said, no. I said, no, thank you. (laughs) Um, 
and I left it at that and you know he pretty much was talking to me he was saying you know Kalia just try it you know you know to to do it I said okay Lord I said I'll try it I said I would try to do it every day well I said I would try it I said I'll take it day by day but I said don't get mad at me if I don't finish and so 2016 um there there was a lot of things that happened and um transpired and um some big things happened in May where it led me to you know pretty much completely scrap what I knew about myself and I really did some soul searching to the point of where it wasn't you know getting to know God wasn't just about getting into ministry getting the office getting the title getting um you know uh 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 what's that called a clergy tab a, yeah collar wearing a collar but it was about okay you need to know God because your soul is messed up and you need to understand why you keep running into the same circle um same circles of life and you need to be healed delivered and set free from this so truly May 30th around something like that um God gave me a series for the comfort circle called 30 plus things that I would take to the Lord where each day I took um you know a problem or issue that I had faced or was dealing with um and took scriptures got scriptures for it and taught on it each night for I believe 30 days and um it really was a sight to see how God was healing me and also um healing and delivering others from the things that he was healing me from and so um 2016 around I think when was it 2016 um oh yeah September I believe 16th or 17th I got baptized again um like the group said after I did my sinly duties and um but I didn't do it because they said that I didn't I mean it did make me ponder it's like okay well you know I do want to be new in Christ and we have the ability to get baptized so let's do it and so um we were there and then I, I started like I said just getting more into studies and things like that um I was under the mentorship of at the time minister um Ivy per year and she took me under her wing as my mentor in November in December it was announced that uh the Lord was calling me into ministry and so that was a, a monumentous time in my life where you know, usually when you're someone like me who is, you know, very smart and intelligent and uses that as validation to know, you know, you don't just get what you want because you're smart. You don't just get what you want because you think you're qualified, but actually putting in the work and not just being handed things that felt good to get something, not just because it was handed to me, but because, you know, I did the work and by work, I mean, soul work. I took care of my soul 
um, the way it needed to be taken care of. And, you know, we all still always have soul work, but for that time being, um, it was very, it was a very good time. And so, and, um, what is it? And, 2017, I believe, February, um, I got my license as a minister, and that was really the game changer, where I learned ministry isn't just about preaching or teaching, but it's about character, it's about soul work, and it's about servanthood. Um, It's more about others than it is about you, and as you elevate higher and higher and higher, on the rungs, it's still, it's not about you at all, but it's about servanthood. It shouldn't be about you at all. If it's the right kind and you're under the right leadership and ministry, it's about others and it's about serving and it's not about you at all. And so what we have to learn, what I had to learn is all of that, how ministry it's important. Ministry helps to build up communities. It helps to heal uh, lands and nations. And it's it's not really what you know a lot of people are chalking it up to be. Ministry is literally being the hands and feet of Jesus. And um, yeah, with that being said, I'm just going to. Uh, turn it over to the interview with my bishop, Bishop Leroy McLean Sr. And yeah, thank you guys for listening and uh, enjoy the interview. Okay. So what is, well, yeah, like I said, you can introduce yourself. Okay. Uh, Well, I I am going to be uh, pastor, I'm a senior pastor uh, and founder of God's Simple Faith Ministry, um, and um, I am uh, bishop here in Syracuse, New York. And um, Kalia has been a part of our ministry all of her life. Yeah. Praise God! I was born uh, right here in Syracuse. Um, my family um, is from the state of Florida. My grandmother, uh, my grandfather, uh, his family is from Southern Pines, Carolina. We are here um, doing the work of the Lord. Okay, and so um, I guess the first official question would be, how did you know that like Christianity was for you? Like, what was your like come to Jesus moment? I guess. <laughs> um, my, my come to Jesus moment um, is, is rooted in um, our family history. And um, from a small child, there have always been um, family elders um, that had always um, had their hand in the church, um, whether it be uh, in Baptist or holiness. Uh, from a small child, uh, my family was always engaged uh, in those churches, and, and some of the family members were um, uh, major uh, players in, in the ministry at that time. And um, 
I came to um, the Lord in uh, 1969, but prior to that, um, I had um, encounters with, with, with the Lord. And uh, I had um, an uncle and aunt that were elders in, in, in ministry, and they came from Chicago. And they um, made it their business to come to Syracuse from there every summer. And so they were sowing seeds. They were sowing the word uh, into the family um, because at, at that time in, in the late 60s, um, uh, there were factions of the family that was in church. But as far as to uh, my mom and her sisters, um, they were those that rebelled because they had to go to church coming up in Florida. Um, so when in, in their late teens and in, in early 20s, uh, their mindset was um, to do their own thing. Um, but thank God for um, uh, our aunt and uncle coming from Chicago and investing um, time uh, of, of the word um, in us. And it did indeed impact and we ended up giving our life to the Lord. And um, lo and behold, um, my grandmother, um, my, my aunt, um, I came to the Lord um, before my mom, uh, my brother, um, my middle brother had already given his life to the Lord. And so it was just a matter of time. I had a cousin that um, we were like brothers um, and um, he gave his life to the Lord. And so he was working on me every day. <laughs> and um, lo and behold, um, it was through a car accident on the Ohio Turnpike that um, I realized that um, I needed God in my life. And um, from that incident that was an accident, um, my life turned around and I committed to the ways of God and um, um, been running, um, as they would say back in the day, for Jesus. Um, and um, I'm not tired yet. Um, so, yeah, my conversion occurred in 69, and um, there are ups and downs, but um, through it all, God has been faithful. And um, we have um, been in the church now for 51 years. So um, God is good because uh, my conversion happened at 15. Yeah. Amen. So... How did you feel when you found out that God was calling you into the ministry? That, <laughs> that is that is really uh, interesting because um, uh, my, my cousins, um, her and her husband, they're pastors in, in Lakeland, Florida now, and um, he was he was an evangelist um, in his early twenties and uh, even into his thirties, um, but. Um, he was doing evangelistical work. He lived in Rochester. Our lives intermingled um, through um, my cousin. Um, she's uh, Pastor Clarice Johnson now in, in, in Lakeland, and they, they pastor St. Luke um, Ministries down there. Uh, powerful uh, ministry that um, God is really moving. Um, they're a they're gift, they're gifted couple, and um, they are a blessing to the body of Christ. And um, he was going throughout Syracuse conducting meetings. Uh, we, we supported um, um, him. 
when he was coming to Syracuse. And then he started doing um, some uh, evangelistical work um, in New Jersey. And um, we had opportunity, my cousin Sam and I, we had opportunity um, to, to go to East Orange, New Jersey with him way back in the day. And um, it was a very powerful, powerful um, services that occurred. Uh, and, and it dealt a lot with um, healing um, and um, people that were um, um, possessed by demonic spirits uh, set free. Um, and that was right down our alley. Um, we were, um, Sam and I were in a, a holiness church and um, um, supernatural manifestations were occurring in our church. Um, we had a young lady that um, literally died in the service. Um, she was unresponsive for a half an hour. Her body was, her limbs were turning cold. Um, she wasn't breathing. And um, we just began to pray, the, the whole church began to pray. Um, her mom became distraught and she was an evangelist. She left the church um, to, you know, go tell her family what had happened. But we stayed right there praying. And um, God um, miraculously brought her back, uh, you know, to life. We, we've had an encounter with um, um, angels appearing in the service. I mean, it was really extraordinary move of God um, back in the day where we had people um, coming from, various churches in the city to receive their deliverance at our church and go back to their church. So, um, but all that um, going on, with that being said, um, it was the same um, uncle and, and aunt that had moved to Syracuse um, from Chicago. Uh, they had been in many of A. Allen's meetings, uh, Catherine Kuhlman's meetings. Um, you, you name the, the, the people of the day that were national and international clergy, they had sat under them and um, they, they came and um, they began to because we're having prayer meetings in my mom's house and, and they were saying to me that um, the hand of the Lord is on you you know to be in the pastor well I was going with my cousin you know back and forth on these evangelistic campaigns and um, I did not want to be the one that had to be married to the church um, so to speak um, so um we were on our way to um, go on another um, evangelistic campaign. And um, uh, my cousin Sam, he had picked him up first. And um, then he came and picked me up last. I got my, uh, my, my, my overnight um, bag and got in the vehicle. And um, we got to the corner, like a half a block from my house. The conviction of the Lord fell on me so heavily. I told him pull over. I said, I can't go. Holy Spirit is really convicting me not to go on this trip with you. And, and I, I tell you, we were close. Um, we were close. This is the same um, pastor, Pastor um, Arthur Lee Johnson, um, that um, had told me um, that I was going to marry my wife. And um, we were, you know, I've been back in the day, but. Um, because she had, and she's a pastor's kid, and she had drifted from the Lord, and so, you know, I says, no, I'm not marrying her, and when he says, you're going to marry, I saw her, says, you're going to marry her, you know, she's given her life to the Lord, and I openly called him a lying prophet, and um, lo and behold, uh, not only did he state those words, but he married us, and you know, there are a number of other people, you know, that spoke into my life, and um, 
I, I understood I needed to not run from the call of God, but I needed to, you know, surrender to it. Um, I eventually did that, and um, I have not looked back. I, I've, I've never desired um, not to pastor. Um, I have had the desire to go and, you know, uh, minister at various places, um, but not to be in that lane of um, going from place to place, um, preaching the word when I know the call of God on my life uh, was to pastor. And, um, you know, um, I thank God for it all these years later. Um, you know, um, I started pastoring in 1978. That's a call of God on my life. I was um, uh, 24, um, a month from turning 25 uh, when I started pastoring. And, um, you know, um, God, God has been good. And uh, we thank God, you know, um, being the senior pastor and founder of um, this, this ministry. Uh, we've seen God do so many things. Um, you know, um, same church where uh, um, my brother stopped breathing and uh, um, we had uh, nurse people here um, that said he has no pulse and he was turning cold. And God brought him back to life. Um, so, you know, we, we've experienced that in um, the church I came up in, and we've experienced it here in our ministry. I mean, we, we've seen God do um, so many miracles of healing and deliverance. Um, we are a deliverance church. Um, we believe in it. And um, we, we seek to connect with people that are committed to um, the supernatural. And... Um, but we're thankful for the exposure, um, travelings that we have done in the um, late 70s and 80s, you know, um, going to where men and women of God um, were to experience both God and to bring some of that back um, to Syracuse. So um, from, you know, uh, 24, going on 25 in the past with uh, being, you know, uh, founder of the ministry. Um, I'll say God is good. Um, I don't have uh, regrets in hearing the voice of God. Um, the only regret that, that I do have is not being um, totally submissive to the will of God where I feel the ministry could have been uh, propelled to greater levels. Um, and sometimes we, you know, we, we listen to people and um, and we find ourselves being given information that is counterproductive to what God wants. But overall, we're thankful for what God has done in ministry. Amen. So I'll pair these two questions together. You kind of touched on it, but pretty much like being young and in ministry, like kind of like talking about that and like what advice you would give for young people like in Christ. Well, mostly in ministry, but like, you know, young people in Christ, too. So, like, how you felt and, like, advice for other young ministers or, like, young pastors? Well, um, I, you know, um, I, I can talk, I can talk on that um, from experience. Um, every young pastor um, needs a covering. Um, it, it's, it's important that um, they have a pastor um that is committed to the things of God um, 
that does not allow his ego to be stroked by people, um, but that is submissive and humble to God. Uh, we see a lot of young people um, that take off and um, their flight is a short flight um, because they don't have everything they need to be successful in ministry. Um, we, we are living in not only evil times, but the, the end of, of, of the age. And um, people need to do what we did initially in, in, in the early um, development of ministry. And, and that is to stay in the presence of God. Um, stay in the Word of God. Um, pursue higher education as it relates to um, ministry. Um, hear God's voice. Um, walk in obedience to the guidance of Holy Spirit. It's important. Um, people can say a lot of things to um, cause you to have the big head. And um, it can be counterproductive to what God wants to do in your life. Um, one of the things that we, we did is um, it, it was just a way of life. Um, we did much fasting. Um, we would fast on holidays. Um, we would separate ourselves from, from our families. You know, we're single at the time, uh, my cousin and I, and we just go into his presence. And um, we, we had a thirst um, for um, the word, for, for knowledge. Um, we had a desire to connect with um, major ministries. Um, and so we looked beyond our own pond and uh, looked into the ponds of others who were um, doing what God um, had instructed them to do in their major ministries. And it was, it was about, you know, uh, gleaning all you can um, that would allow you to advance um, in the call of God on your life. That was important to, to us. Uh, it was also important to um, be a man of integrity. Um, that was critical. It's a part of the development because what it comes down to is what's in your foundation. And everything that um, you'll ever need is already in your foundation. But there are some things in your foundation that need to be uprooted. And through the course of time, um, the Lord will do that through Holy Spirit. And the other thing that um, God taught me a long time ago is don't be close-minded. Because when you think you know it all, or you think you have a handle on various situations, um, you can easily fall or become trapped or manipulated through what you think you know and what you think you don't need. And you should never be in the place to tell God no. Um, because um, He will humble you. Um, through the course of time and allowing situations to occur in your life um, that will allow you to see things this way. And so those are lessons I learned early on. And um, having a thirst for knowledge, um, remaining humble, you know, um, at his feet, 
Um, what's also important is providing the calling that God calls you to. Don't allow people to label you with um, titles or saying you're the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. What God calls you to, he will grow you in that calling. You will perfect that calling. I'm not saying that you won't be able to do other things, but be faithful. Um, don't jump around to everything and follow what everyone is telling you to do because it's so easy in ministry to be a jack of all trade and a master of nothing. Um, you need to make sure that um, you've heard the voice of God and you're seeking the face of God at his feet. You're doing those things that's going to cause you to grow um, spiritually um, that will expand um, your borders as God begins to slowly and methodically um, cause you to grow um, to do his will. Um, so those things are key. Um, but I would say one of the number one things is be open to the dictates of Holy Spirit. Um, scripture tells us to judge nothing beforehand. And so we should not be quick to do that, but we must patiently wait on um, God to speak to our heart, to order our steps, and to give us the guidance and the instruction that we need that we can be successful in the long term. Because what you want to be able to produce is longevity. You want to be able to produce fruit, sons and daughters um, that will glorify God. And the other thing that I would say um, to um, a, a young one um, starting out, um, because I, I started in ministry in my teens, um, and so, you know, it's about knowing that um, the love of God is real. Um, you will experience that love. You will experience various levels as He take you up and take you down deeper in Him. Um, but don't allow anyone to make light of your youth um, or your age or the fact that you may have not been long in ministry. Um, God deals with everyone according to their giftings and their abilities. Um, so as Paul told young Timothy, um, that very thing, um, don't, because he was pastoring the church, that had um, a lot of senior people and a lot of people in leadership. And he says, don't allow them to, you know, despise your youth. And um, that's the advice that I will give to um, young ministers, um, young people that are pursuing God, that are God chasers, and want to experience a move of God in this hour, um, to know that Joel's prophecy, um, the latter half of it, must be fulfilled, that God will pour his spirit upon all flesh, and sons and daughters um, shall prophesy, old men will dream dreams, and young ones, God is given a vision, and who he called the word of God, Paul says he first qualifies, and so that would be my advice to um, young clergy and young people um, that um, feel the call of God on their life and he is 
pulling them in that direction of fivefold ministry. Amen. Thank you. Let's see. Okay. Um, what is it like pastoring during a pandemic? <laughs> well, you know, um, it's different. It, it's different. You know, one of the things that um, I wanted to do was um, um, do um, live services. Um, but I didn't know what was going to happen this rapidly. And so um, when um, our governor and, um, and it really was the governor, the president, you know, that closed down uh, the economy nationwide and, and, and the governors, you know, particularly uh, New York um, State uh, and, and primarily New York City was hit extremely hard. In fact, it was ground zero. Um, so many people um, were dying and so they just closed everything down um, we, we had to um, close the church um, practice social distancing um, there were some things that um, we all had to adjust to and the adjustment um, in itself um, was um, very unsettling um, that we had to you know shop for items and would go into um, supermarkets and uh, major retail uh, places and find they were basically wiped out and um, these were things that we never experienced before and um, then to hear people um, that were believers were dying um, and um, in fact um, uh, we had um, one of our members uh, a mother that was 90 years old that um, had contracted um, the virus through a worker and um, because of that, you know, uh, it impacted our ministry. And, um, you know, the, the church um, is just starting to open up again, and we cannot have a lot of people in here. Um, and it's unsettling for her family because um, they want to have a memorial service. They have not been able to have that yet um, because they want to bring all their family in. Um, that they can be together, and so that's something, and, 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 and mother died in, in April, and um, we're in July, and um, that's still unresolved, and um, it's extremely difficult for the family, and um, we, we feel for them, um, but we're just not able to uh, come back to the church and do the type of things that uh, we want to do. We had to... Um, get a, a Zoom account. We were on Facebook to a degree. Um, and so um, we had to start doing Bible study um, um, through Zoom, Facebook, um, with the um, uh, geek squad that we have in the church. Um, thank God for them. Um, and um, we just began to do, you know, Bible class. And um, what was extraordinary about it is that we were able to um, touch base with members um, that are no longer at our church. In fact, they're no longer in New York State. They moved, you know, to Texas, to Florida, California, um, Jersey, um, Carolinas, Maryland. And so we were able to connect with uh, members that have, you know, um, settled in other places. And um, it was a joy. Um, to not only see their face, but see their names and know that um, they were 
um, once again um, in Bible class. Um, what a blessing it, it was uh, for me. And, and then um, to, you know, begin to do sermons. And uh, we selected the time at 12 noon um, to do um, the um, weekly sermon on, on Sundays. And um, we, we've learned, you know, um, some um, valuable uh, information on, you know, what we need to do uh, to reach. And then to, you know, have a greater audience uh, reaching uh, more people. And, um, you know, um, it has been a blessing. It's been um, a major learning curve, um, but we're adjusting to it. I mean, we had to go and um, buy the equipment so um, we can um, live stream the service and um, produce DVDs uh, for our people that, you know, want to get a DVD. Um, otherwise, you know, they can get the recording for those who are um, computer savvy and uh, Facebook and the other vehicles that are out there. Um, but it has been an adjustment for us, but it's been a welcome adjustment. And um, now it, it will be an integral part of, of our ministry. So, yeah, that's all my questions. Um, any parting words that you'd like to say to the people? Anything else? Yeah, so, so, so for those people that um, um, in touch, um, is, um, um, is your blog, right? It's uh, Case Corner. It's my pod- podcast. Oh, your podcast. Podcast and Case Corner. Um we thank God for this hour. We thank God for what he is doing in the midst of this global pandemic. Um, it's most, um, uh, it's so important for all of us to be in that place where we're hearing the voice of God in this hour. And in spite of everything that's happening in our world, that may be happening in your small corner of the world, it's about knowing that God is in control. And, um, he will not release anything or do anything until he, you know, reveal it to the prophets. And so it's important that um, you're connected with men and women um, that um, know the voice of God. Um, they live a life of integrity and they're doing the things that honor the kingdom of God. And um, I encourage you um, to pray. Uh, to fast, to stay in your word, and um, hear God speak to you and order your steps. This is an exciting time for the body of Christ, and I encourage you to stay connected, stay engaged, and allow God to rise and your enemies scattered. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So thank you so much. Um, Tune in next week, guys, at Case Corner. All right, blessings.